there. Thanks again for watching or listening to VIP Boxing Bell to Bell. We're on episode 115 now. Um, been going for a fair, a fair amount of time, and um, we enjoy it. It's a laugh. We have a bit of fun, and we talk boxing, which we all love. Uh, you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a review, and great if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify. I think you can leave reviews on those things. I, I know you can iTunes. I'm not sure about Spot Spotify. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans. And during 115 episodes, one of the guests we always seem to go back to, he's been on more than most. Uh, he's one of our favourites, and we admit it. He's a man who cares as I don't know, he cares, yeah, he cares as much for boxing as he does his own career. It's a uh, former British featherweight champion, Ryan Walsh. Ryan, thanks again for coming on. Always, always a pleasure to be talking to you, lads. Yeah. And you are right. I do love this thing that we uh, seem to all be mad on the idea of boxing i do love it yeah i don't know what it is but uh you you know you moan about it and you're drawn to it um it's like you you know you've been going on a, a fair amount of time now and you, you you're still drawn to it and when are you going to box again it's looking like september is the most likeliest that we've um between me and graham we've come to the, the conclusion that'll be something but, um i don't know if you've seen it the peacock are doing their own type of show yes and i'm hoping to um, go and have a go at that and uh, go from there. Um, I don't think I'll retire from boxing. I think I'll know that my reactions will go and that'll be the end of that. But when my reactions are good and I'm in good health and I can pass the medical, I'll be wanting to fight. I'm only 15 years a pro. I had hardly any amateurs. I've had hardly any pros. In another time, I've had a lot more pro fights and a lot more amateurs. So there's plenty of time to be successful in this sport for me, I'm sure it. I'll tell you what, if you turn the clock back and you were a professional in the 50s and 60s, you'd have been retired because you'd have been boxing 12, 13 times a year in 10 and 15 rounders. I think that's what it is, Steve. I don't think I've had my fill. I think there's still something... There's a fighter out there, um, Ricky Burns. He seems like he yeah. just hasn't had his fill. I just haven't had my fill. And he's been in a lot bigger fights, definitely had more rounds and just haven't had my fill of this yet. So. I'll tell you what, Wal Walsh and Burns would be a good fight. This is what well, this is what Liam wanted himself to be fair. Yeah. Liam said yeah, to me, right. he said, um, he'd just done a boxing news thing recently. It was really, I know some of the things he says, but the way he said it and the way it was written was brilliant because there's an honesty there that anyone who understands boxing understands it's quite rare. And he was saying that he didn't, he didn't want to fight anybody, but there's a few fights oh. that I think with Liam, Stephen Smith, and Ricky Burns are two fights that would always be good fights anytime, even now. I tell you, you're, you're rare, you aren't you, Ryan? Because a lot of people who've been in your position and fought in your type of fights, the thought of going on one of these afternoon peacock shows, they turn my nose about it. But it just shows how much you actually love the business. Love us. Yeah. Maybe not the business. Not the, the business, because I've talked to about this. I don't think there's any fighter in Britain who'd pair to fight Ronnie Clark, and that's why I did become a world title fight. I'd pair <laughs> to fight Ronnie Clark. It cost me money. But because I believe in something, I believe in myself for a start, I back myself. And I didn't know it was going to lead to a world title fight. I can't lie about it. I never would. But I had fair for that I'd lead to a British title fight, which it did. It made me mandatory. But I had to pay for that fight. I had to pay. It cost me my medical. It cost me whatever ticket money I got paid for him. But that's how much I love this idea because, to be honest with you, lads, I actually don't know what else I can do. These weren't made for very much. I'll tell you now, not, I'm not very good at DIY. These are these are very limited what they can do, and I really I, I love it. So if you love something, you find something and love it to death. And I think that's what I've done with boxing. Yeah, and just touch on your brothers there before we we crack on. I saw that interview with uh, 
Liam, in, in boxing news, and you, you jog my memory about the Ricky Burns sort of fight he'd still have. Have we seen the end of Michael as a boxer, the the, the, the head of the clan? <laughs> oh, he's he, never he, said he, that he, he, he suddenly He suddenly <laughs> pops up somewhere in a fight, oh, and no one he... knows about it. I'll get boxing news, and Michael Walters had a fight. Honestly, he's um, that's one in a billion, that man. So I'm not going to say anything about Michael other than anything's possible. I don't think he should. I mean, he's had his last fight. Someone actually went the distance with him. That should have been enough for him because in his prime, I don't think that guy would have went three rounds. So, and he's a little bit older than us. Not that he'll have it. If you tell Michael he's older than us, he's, he won't have it. He's still 35. That's what he's telling me. Honestly, he's mad. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to tell Michael Walsh he's older than 35 and I'll get on very well with him. And John Evans is a braver man than me and he's not going to. <laughs> but, um, what we'll do, we'll we'll press on with, with a podcast now. John, you've got your clock and your bell ready. Yeah, Ryan's got the perfect T-shirt, hasn't he? For a, he's a, I've noticed it, Ryan. This is what I'm saying to the kids all the time. and They, still, they hate it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right, round one, um, I'm going to start us off this week, and it's about Joshua Buatzi. Um, I don't know how many... He, he's, made, he's out on Sky this week, back on Sky. Um, it seems they're building him as a, as a blue ribbon fighter. What made me think of this topic, I was watching the football yesterday afternoon and in between the adverts was um, traders for Joshua Buatzi. So Sky obviously had big plans of him. You know, that's the sort of a trailer you can't buy. You know, maybe they want him as their blue ribbon fighter. He's meeting an unbeaten but carefully matched, dare I say, guy this weekend, Polish opponent, Pavel Stepien. Uh but how many times have we said, have we, have we said, and we're going to say it yet again, Joshua Buatzi has got to have a big performance this weekend. It's almost like the career that's never taken off. You know, he's had these good wins recently over Bolotniks after he won the golden belt thing, the MTK one, or um, Pavel Stepien. And then they're good wins. But, you know, you look at someone like Dan Aziz, who's been a pro a couple of years shorter, and he's better known than... than Buatzi is just winner. What, what do you think he's got to do to finally get out there and get known? I mean, he's number two of the WBO. He's ranked with the BC and BA's number one, he might be. And he's eight years going. And for eight years, we've been waiting for this big performance from him. When are we going to get it? Go on, man. Well, for me, it's funny you say, I can't believe he's been a pro for eight years. I was... I think I was there on his debut. I think when I or he's in his eighth year. Sorry, yeah, it's 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 maddening because I really think he's a talent. I think he's got a bit of everything. But you, when when you're in a domestic division that he's in, I think he's got a cry for the names domestically. He should be one in yard. He should, probably should have wanted Callum Johnson yeah. when he was still on the scene. He, he he's now got this. It's such a good solid division. You got um Callum Smith. He needs to get, for me, you can go and get these foreign people that nobody knows about, but for your star, you only have to look recently. Look at when Ben was going to fight Eubank. Look at when Smith just fought Eubank. These old domestic UK fights, how you push your star to everyone going, well, I now want to see you in a world title fight. That's what he needs. He needs a big British showdown to, to see what he's got and see what he is. I'm not really sure. I don't know if the gap's grown for the one point there. I thought he was a sure fry world title contender. Oh, yeah, I... I, six years ago, two years into Boazzi, I thought he was a dead cert. And I think he should have been a household name years and years ago. Terribly, terribly promoted. I was there when he fought Craig Richards in his only domestic clash down at the old 2 That was two lads from the same neighbourhood in an arena a stone's throw from the house. And there was nobody there. 
you know, it was like a couldn't care less fight. More, I think more people were there for the undercard. I think it's a crying shame. And hopefully he gets rid of this guy, we get him back in the ring quick, make the Aziz fight yes, and go from on. there. Because I think he's I think he's playing catch up for Watsi. It's a crazy thing to say because he's so talented, but he's so far behind where he should be. Yeah. Ryan. Round two, um, Ryan, rematches. Oh. It's um, a massive thing that I'm really happy to start seeing. And Eubank is a throwback in so many ways. Um, he demanded this. And I was talking to my trainer, not actually Graham, his son, who's also my trainer, Joe Everett. And he was like, well, he didn't have nothing else to do. And I thought, this is Eubank. He's got the name that makes him do every need. You know, he doesn't have to. But this is what the sport needs, and this is what hurts the sport. There's, when we were talking at the start, this at the top of this, saying I'd had 13 fights a year, I'd have fought the same man three times. I love rematches. Usually the result goes the same when in that fight. We'll see, but this should be. I always like the best of three. It, let's, anyone with any sort of the people who are listening to this now, and especially you two men, know better than ever. When boxing was at his head, it was actually mob ruled, and the rule of three was in for everyone. One fight, we knew the winner. The second fight, we knew the winner. The third fight was the third one. The one that anyone can win. And no, it's not a great a great promotion to boxing, but it's the truth. We used to get trilogies. Like, well, I mean, we had to cry. Well, when, they, when there was a trilogy for Wilder and Fury, it was a big thing that we hadn't had one in 34 years. Crazy. Boxing needs that, like, best of two, three, I think. If you beat, best of two minimum in, in some senses. Because I just think, if you see a good fight, you want to see it again. I mean, if you look, you can go through. The Gatti, Ward, everyone loved all three. Barrera, Morales. The, the list is endless. When you get good fights, I like to see them again. The difference with the Eubank-Smith one, which is kind of crazy, is a knockout loss. But I'm happy that he's setting the tone for other fighters. Rematches should be back. I'm, I'm not sure. I agree with you there on a lot of that. I mean, the rematch of the Trilodies, a wild of fury, and is brilliant and great. And great fights will be rematches by public demand. But I think it holds up careers and titles for too long. And Smith-Eubank, the rematch, it doesn't do anything for me. It was so conclusive, in my opinion, the first fight. I, I don't, I, I, you know, what, 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 why should there be a second fight? What, why can it be any different? I, I, I like rematches. It, if it's one-sided, the, the first one, I don't think it has to be immediate. I think, look at Barrera Morales. It went over years, didn't it? Before in three different divisions with years in between each one. And that rivalry, they hated each other for years. Marquez Vasquez went for quite a long while as well. And yeah. Holyfield went for years. I like rematches when they, when they stew them. I know a lot of people say when when a fight's over, they should they should shake hands and be gentlemen. I I don't agree with that. I like a bit of bitterness and a grudge to be held, and I like yeah. that go for a long time like that. Rivalries that last. Yeah, it's just rare to see nowadays. That's what I've caught on to. Yeah. That men are going, you know what? All right, you beat me, but you're going to have to do that again. And that's what Eubank said, and that's why I admire because all three of us are going to be shocked if he can do something different. I'm shocked that Liam won in that fashion. I could see Liam winning yeah. possibly, but. I had all the favouritism, especially with the rehydration. It was all for Eubank. And that result was why I love boxing. Because forget underdogs. It's the stories. It's the, it's the, we get shocked. And judging by this, we could be shocked again, all three of us. But Ryan, do you not think sometimes these... Oh, sorry, John's stopping me there. I want to go back <laughs> to this next time you're on. Round three, John and TV clashes, I think, when you said show oh, yeah. clashes to me it's earlier. Stupid, isn't it? Um, we've just had a bank holiday weekend without a fight. 
Yeah. You go to the end of May, we've got three on one night, and the promoters are actually talking about staggering That's the it, main yeah. times to watch. I've been, I've, I've, I think I've spoken about this before. It just makes no sense for anybody. You know, boxing still, people think it's a major sport. It's not. The same people go to a lot of the shows. And by having three shows on one night, you, you're restricting the, the actual live audience. You're restricting the viewing audience on TV because it's fragmented. So many young fighters get overlooked because people are flicking, looking for the big names. And it, it doesn't boost anybody's profile. It does nothing for the sport by having so many big fights on the same night. It hinders the sport, if anything. Some people should be looking to go Sundays if there's nothing else done that weekend when you've got a captive audience at home. Um, it, it makes no sense. It's just egos with the promoters and the TV companies, and it's hurting people rather than building them, I think. I couldn't agree more, John. And it goes back to Boazzi. Could he be a victim of exactly what you just said? When he's at his prime time, Frank Warren has never gone away. He's always been there. I've been. In fact, best example I can give you, when I fought Belotti, he was on the undercard of White and Chisora, and on the same night you had Warrington and Frampton. As a fan, I was sat in the change room watching that fight, thinking, I want to be out there live and watching this, and it was wrong. And boxing always, always hurts itself. And victims, you've got the best victim in Boatsu. Could that not be the case with him? How is he not a household name? He's an Olympic yeah. silver medalist. And maybe he was a victim of this crisscrossing and stupidity by the egomaniacs, which are promoters and TV companies. Yeah, look, again, I can't agree more. It's interesting that George Warren and Eddie Hearn have spoken. I think Eddie said the other day that I think, is it Conlon's going to be in the ring at nine o'clock? Lara Wood, 10 o'clock. And they're hoping that Sky are going to fall in line and go a bit later with a Coley, Bill and Smith. But you know what? It, it just, it, it just, it, even then, it's still going to divide the sport because undercard fighters aren't going to get watched. And see, advertisers who pay good money to advertise during boxing are going to get viewing figures for it, not going to be good. It's just crazy. And this weekend, where you've had, a, you know, a dead week, a dark weekend for boxing, you know, with not, nothing on at all, is crazy. It, you know, I go back to the, um, I've mentioned this so often when this comes up to the 80s, when, in London, you couldn't promote within 14 days of a, of a show to, yeah. to stay, they could sell tickets. No, it's madness. I mean, perfect example there. If we're putting Billum Smith on at 11 because of his other fights at 9 and 10, Isaac Chamberlain's British title fight won't get seen because people will be watching a main event on another channel. But I tell you what, Isaac, that's going to be me at quarter 10, 10 o'clock, clashing with Lara and Wood, which is... Yeah. Uh, a rematch, I do agree with, by the way, because it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, round four, this is one. Um, I, I want to hear from both of you, particularly Ryan. Um, do you think that trainers have too much of a say in boxers' careers? I'm from a belief, you know, I refer myself as a dinosaur often enough, as where promoters should promote, managers should manage, trainers should train. You know, what made me think is about the clout they have Joshua is saying he, he needs approval from Derek James, you know, whether he should fight in the summer. He's his new trainer. I just find that bewildering that, you know, he, I, I just don't agree with it. He should, if Eddie Earn wants him to fight this summer and he's fit, he should be fighting. And this isn't a knock at trainers. What I will say is that many trainers don't earn enough money. So this isn't a, a knock. I just think too many of them are getting too much influence over when and who are fighting boxes. I want to hear from both of you, but you particularly, Ryan, there. 
it's all about relationship and the individual. Um, I think we're, when we talk about Anthony Joshua, we talk about an absolute anomaly. For a man who looks so big, strong and powerful, he's mentally fragile. He's the most mentally fragile human I've ever seen. What he'd done at the end of the Usyk fight was mind-blowing. For a man so big and strong, asking another man, how do you do that? That's all in here. And I was lucky enough to be born and bred from a man who really understood in here. And um, he could do with... Uh, and he, uh, sometimes, no, my dad used to tell us this. You can't put there what God left out. And that's what my answer would have been if I was Usyk. You can get as big and as strong looking as you want. But in between here is where you're at. And as far as it goes with trainers, that's another sideshow to the mental fragility of a human when you need this man to tell you. Now, he should be a counsellor and an advisor, but the book stops with the fighter. The fighter pairs the trainer. The fighter pairs the manager. So I'm the boss. All I'm asking you is to help me be a better boss. Well, how do you do that? You look for advice and counsel. And some trainers do have big clout. And I know for, I can't even say it for a fact, that when Amir Khan got into his, when he was on his path to becoming a world champion, he changed the game in my mind because a lot of people think a trainer gets 10%. Well, not Amir Khan. Amir Khan put his first trainer on the Jamaican lad who died. What's his name? Oliver, Oliver Harrison. That was it. He put him on like a real small percent because if you read the boxing rules, it's up to 10%. Yes, so he right. took the reins and said, I'm the boss. You're going to take his percent. Yes, I know. And he's done the first 15, 20 fights and, or something like that. And it's, again, individual preference. And it depends what you got. Me, i got a trainer for life. I've said this on record. Yeah. I'll say it here. I got a boxing dad in Graham Everett. My dad trusted us with Graham. He's my boxing dad. I was lucky enough to bump into someone else, not on the other side of the world, but 4,000 miles away. He was the same in Manuel. The reason I am so into them two humans, they love boxing as much as me. They're there all the time. And if you're lucky enough to find them people, you've got to stick with them, stick with their kids. But, oh, I mean, they'll ask you. It should be a, you need that, I think the word symbi symbiotic relationship. It's for your boss. The good of the fight, the good. But have they got too much clout? In some cases, they do. If the fighter allows them to have that clout, again, it's, it's all individual for me, Steve. It's it's not one way or the other. And and you know what annoys me if you do that? If you're a true team and you've got what I have had my whole career, thankfully, touch wood, I've had blood and I've had family and Graham, okay? When I lost, we lost. If you watch us, when when I won, we won. And that got my, one of my happiest moments in boxing is when Liam won his British title. I was the British champion. If you've got that relationship, maybe they have got a lot of clout. Yeah. Round five. Sorry, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, you, well, you're going to carry on here. Um, something we spoke about last week, but it's important to get your opinion because you've been close up with this guy, Javonta, and the rest of the lightweights. So, something your brother got mentioned last week on here, I'm going to come to in a minute what John said. Well, he's just a special elite fighter. When, when, when we. When we were looking at him, I was thinking, yeah, Liam, you'll give him, give him some gut busters. You'll, you'll show him what he's about. And then fight after fight, he shows that he's got elite he's got elite IQ, which Liam picked up on. He's, he's like a cat in the ring, which I couldn't see, but he's so fast. He's got unbelievable power. There's a TikTok going about when he's six-year-old, holding his left hand tight and dropping that like he was dropping Garcia the other day. He's a, he's a little, in the nicest sense, freak of a human who's, because let's have it right, he ain't no big lightweight. I've seen him up close. He ain't no much bigger than me, if he is bigger than me. But the speed, the power, the IQ that man possesses, he's exciting. But the craziest thing about the whole thing I'm saying, we still don't even know if he's the best lightweight. We don't know. Because I've always backed Lomachenko as a fellow southpaw to be able to maybe manoeuvre him. Because you're going to have to knock Lomachenko out, I think, without the size 
different. I know TR done it, but that was so weird. I'm really excited for the winner of Herney and Lomachenko to fight Tank. He's still, he's something about Tank. You just have to keep your eyes on him and he's special. And up close, I don't know if I knew it. I knew he must have been special to to deal with Liam the way he dealt with him because I really think Liam's world class. I, I fought that a long time and this guy was just that. He's another level. As we mentioned it before, I'm sure, about like you get elite fighters and they're just something else. They're just, is it God given to? I don't know what it is, but they're special. Good to watch, apart from when they're whacking your brother. I did yeah. enjoy that one yeah. bit. <laughs> John. Yeah, I, I love him. We were saying last week. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, we went, I was down at a copper box that night oh, and there was a feeling around that Liam could do it. Um, but when, from sitting three feet away from Tank, he, he's special, isn't he? Um, just, we talk because we spoke about it last week, just a, a lightweight fight I'd like your opinion on. Cambosis and Maxi Hughes, Ryan. How, how do you well, weigh this, that one up? Well, this is going to be so, so interesting because Cambosis is actually perfect for Maxi. Yeah. Maxi gets to get on his bike and say, come on then. So I'm thinking that is going to be a very tight fight. And Maxi Hughes proved to me that what he does, he's world-class at what he does, because to beat Kid Galahad, even though when I watched that fight, I don't know, it was one of them fights, he could have been a drop. This is what the Cambosis fight is going to be like. But Cambosis is going to be more... I think Maxi's going to be really successful. I'm going to say, yeah, free. I'm going to say Maxi's going to do it on points. I do, yeah. I think he'll, he'll get so much success on... Because he's, so, he's quite... Um, one of his best assets, Cambosis, is his, his willingness to engage quite wildly. Well, that's bread and butter for Maxi. And I think Maxi will be very successful in that fight and shock a lot of people. He's already shot me with a Galad win. And um, he shot me on the night with me because I'd sparred him prior to that and I'd watched Liam fight him. And you have to be a world-class, solid fighter to beat him. Simple as that. And I think Cambosis is all that, but stylistically... It's a really good fight for Maxi. It's a, it's a fight that, for once, I've because I've been backing against Maxi since Liam beat him. Like, he yeah. won't win. He, won. he beat he beat John Carroll. He beat that Mexican. He beat me. He beat he beat he beat Galad. The best win for me. Galad was a, a cracking win. Brilliant. Yeah. And we uh, right final round over to you, John, and the biggest fight. Yeah, because Tankan Garcia was such a big event, and he it seemed to capture. The imagination of other people outside boxing. So, what's the biggest fight that can be made now in the sport? Now, I was thinking about it. I think Tank and Shakur is the best fight that can probably be made in the next five years, but it's not there yet. Canelo's not really got an opponent who I think could make it the biggest fight in the sport. And I keep coming back to Fury Joshua. I, I think Fury mm. Joshua might just be the biggest 100. fight in the sport still. Yeah, look, I've, I've got Fury Joshua, Fury Usyk. Or the winners of the two heavyweight fights in Saudi Arabia in December. Yeah. That's the biggest fight. I think the, whoever wins the two fights there, even if it's Wilder and Fury, and we have Fury, Wilder, Wilder four, I think that becomes the biggest fight because they're, that 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 show in Saudi Arabia for a lot of reasons in December, and I'm, I'm everyone's telling me it's going to happen. We'll have the eyes of the world on it for a lot of reasons. Not they're just two great heavyweight fights. There'll be all the controversy over Saudi Arabia. Or everyone will be watching that night, and the two winners of that is the biggest the biggest fight in the sport. I honestly can't ever get past an old British UK fight between the Gypsy King and AJ because we've wanted it for so long. Regardless of AJ losing, that's not lost any steam. It'll be the biggest monetary because you're talking about two of the best right now promoted heavyweights, and more than anything, 
this thing of ours has been going since 1885. The heavyweight champion of the world, it still means something. And I'm a huge UFC fan. I know you are too, John, but no prize is great in all of sports to be the king of the heavyweight division. And um, it's wicked. It's a wicked time as a, as a British boxing fan to say, well, we've, because I've just recently watched a TikTok and it showed every heavyweight world champion from 1885 to present. And the Yanks have had it for ages. The Americans have had enough. We're, we've yeah. got our gaffy. And I do think Fury is just that. You talk about elite, he's, he's that as a heavyweight. He's, he's the one who is the best of the pack. And um, that fight just touches every single thing you want. Because you've got the muscle, man. You've got the fat Gypsy King. Because, come on, he's only way. You know, he's a big lad. And he, he, he'll he be slapping his belly. And it just sells so big. That is... I talked to Liam before we come on today. And he said it straight away. So he can't see past that. And I, neither can I. I would love to see that fight. Can and, you, um, can I you just talk... time, then, when there's been a British fighter, let alone two, in the biggest fight boxing could make? Because when you when you go back to Lewis Holyfield, you had Delahoya around the time, and yeah. he was in mega fights with Trinidad, and he was always there, but not not quite the biggest, wasn't he? I can't think of a time when there's been a British fighter in the who could take part in the most eagerly anticipated fight in the planet, and we might have, it could well be Fury Joshua with two Brits. It's unheard yeah. of times, really. It's true. The last time I think the most excited I've ever been at a fight was Hatton and Mayweather. That was a British fight, but an Hatton old Mayweather British. could be it. Yeah. yeah, Hatton Mayweather was one. Honestly, I was lucky enough to be the ringside, not yeah. ringside in the in the venue, and that was electric. And I looked at my brother. and I said, "I wouldn't trade this ticket for the world." But an all British fight. Could you imagine? They could sell that in two stadiums. Air Jam Fury right now. Wembley won't even be big enough because every man and his dog would want to see that fight. Even though I think anyone with that boxing IQ knows Edge, um, Fury's all wrong for him, I still want to see it because yeah. there is my brother who I fancy knows a little bit about this spot. He still says of all the fighters, Edge could be the one with that stiff enough style to possibly chin him. But I think the guy's near and you can't really knock him out. If you're going to give him a chin, and let's say it's a boxing game, you have to give the Gypsy King a 9,900 chin. <laughs> this man resurrected in front of us all. When when he fought Wilder, fight one, my brother has um, won thousands. I reckon it's between six and 12, we'll say, thousand pounds off the local gypsies. And on when he got knocked down on that night, we're in all in the room together with six or seven gypsies. We're like, oh, no, Michael, now you've lost your money. And then it was a draw. Unbelievable. Eh? But <laughs> that was the moment I thought, this guy is just a bit different. Because he woke he up from the dead. And he is a religious man. So maybe maybe he's got... If you really believe, as you think, so shall you be. <laughs> I tell you, before we let you go, Ryan, I just want to get a quick topic we never covered tonight. Ryan, um, John Ryder going to fight Canelo. Oh, well, you know what? John Ryder's been shocking me since he lost a, he lost a Billy Joe, didn't he? Billy Joe at the Copper Box, ago, yeah. And you thought, well, that might be... And that guy is a real rocky story. He keeps getting the wins. He keeps... And let's have it right, because I'm a huge uh, Callum Smith fan. He gave Callum Smith... I think punch stats go for him. Was that, that was that close. He showed... Yeah, he's, he's another similar... Only in the way he just will not go away. It's like Maxi Hughes. these men who say, you know what? This is me. This is my style. And they're very difficult to beat. And they're very difficult more than anything to look good against. And... um. Obviously, we're talking Canelo. Canelo's, Canelo's really special. He, he yeah. can adapt. He does things. He, he can fight when he wants. Um, you know what? John Ryder, so far, he, he's always had a funny style, John Ryder. He's one of them lads who looks like he's beating himself up. 
before even you know he's whacked himself and he does his role and he's a southpaw and you know I'll be I'll be rooting for him obviously because he's a Brit. It's a massive massive leap from whatever he's fought to be fair. Proof is the work and I've dealt with Callum Smith. You know what? Stranger things have happened in this beautiful sport, this unknown crazy sport. Have you got yeah, a- I, I, what a what a tough ask, eh? I know it's yeah. a cliche that comes out. It'll be the best British fighter win of all time. I think this one oh. might do it, particularly oh, it in Mexico as well. But yeah, the week be. he's going to have, he's going to have a horrendous week, isn't he, Ryder? He'll be yeah. messed around, pulled from pillar to post, told a load of bullshit, and yeah. he's going to have the a real heat. problem week, and it'll be an yeah. intimidating thing. And if, if he manages to do it, then... The well, altitude, yeah. the heat, they're going to be knocking on his door before the way, they're going to be yeah. doing all... You know, the night, yeah. if he gets a good night's sleep, no chance. Yeah, but no, he's going to have it the hardest you know one, and it I would be, see- it would be. I can't see him winning. It would be the greatest win by a Brit. I can see something. It has shades of that Liam Smith fight against Canelo where he's never going to win it, but he's never he's never disappointing in the fight. And then it, it'll, it'll catch up with him about eight, nine rounds, but he'll lose nothing in defeat. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I, I don't think, he, I certainly don't think he'll be embarrassed, right? No. no, no. He's way too hard, way too stubborn. He shouldn't even be here. He actually shouldn't even be here. If he just would have learned, if he, if, you know, if you read the script, of boxing, you have these tries, you, you fail at British title level. He's now fighting the world title fight against one of the best fighters on the planet right now, the biggest fighter on the planet right now in Mexico. Talk about Cinderella, man. You, would you, you love that, that, Ryan? Would, would, you like that going, would you like that going over to Mexico? Oh, right, in, this, oh. right into the Lions, then that it can't get any, <laughs> can't get any bigger than that, can it? Exactly. And, and you know what? When you've got that, that burden of nothing to lose off your back, and you're like, well, let's go. What have you actually got? What has he got to everything to get? And more than anything, I think me and my brothers always, when, when Liam's fight was made with Tank, I was screaming, let's go to Baltimore, let's go to Baltimore, let's go to Baltimore, because I know my brother. I'll tell you the one thing that he didn't mention in that interview. Well, I walked out with my brother. 97% of the 8,000 there or 10,000, whatever it was, wanted my brother to win. Yeah. It was touching, genuinely. I thought, wow, they love my brother. They're wanting to win. There was about six people, and they're all in Tank's team who wanted Tank to win. It was it was nearly overwhelming, to be honest with you, lads. And I know my brother. We're better when the backs against you know when our backs against the wall. We're better. It, we'd already won entering the ring from the genuine love and hope and expectation of the people coming in. It kind of dampened us. We need that. If you look at our careers, anyone talks to you behind the scenes, we definitely don't go with the tight. We always go against it. And it's not on purpose. It's just that we do it our own way. And he needed, like Liam would have done better in the Lions then, one thing's for sure, because I think it would have spiked him more. He'd have been probably a little bit more angry getting into the ring. But I know my brother, I know how I felt. It, it was genuinely, if you was there, you must have felt it that there was a, a real nice feeling. It's a it was, it was, of... I tell you what, because considering Tank was pretty unknown at the time, it was a big atmosphere that night, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I think it was an expectation. He's going to show him. He's going to show him. This guy's there. It's that by my however. But God, has he gone on since, you know? He's a, <laughs> a special fighter. And the way you beat Pedraza, you you don't realise how good of that win is until yeah, Pedraza said... does 12 for Loma and don't go away and becomes a, a world champion again at another way. Beat Liam Smith and um, Stephen Smith, sorry. Pedraza's a world-class fighter. You know, fringe elite fighter. And then look at the way he dealt with him. At 22 years old, he's... He's, a, he's a, in the nicest sense of the word. He's an absolute freak of the sport because he is that good. He's a southpaw. He used a free strike. He's the he's the new Marvin Hagler. 
black sailplane and he can fight yeah. and he's super fast. You know, he may even be the four strike. The other thing, Steve, I know he did a lot that week and Ryan, you'll have been around him. He's actually all right. He's an yeah. all right sort of lad. I used yeah. to speak to him fairly often before he went with Mayweather and they seem to take him away and try and create this personality around him. Yeah. But he's a, he's a proper street kid, but he's actually yeah. an all right guy as well, isn't he? All credit to him. At the end of the fight, World Cup, it's just business. And and you know yeah. what? It's just business. There was the, whatever there was annoyance before the fight, which weren't really to do with him. It was Mayweather. I actually hurt Mayweather's feelings because yeah. as a big boxing fan, I said something to him that he didn't like, and it's the truth. And I'm glad we brought this up. I said to Mayweather a fact that he didn't like, and it's the truth. I said you're a world champion who's going to be going into a change room with your fighter, and you actually can't advise him because you've never been abroad and a where fight as a world champion, to defend your title. And did that annoy him? That upset him because it's the truth. Real world champions, and not real world, I shouldn't say that, but old school world champions used to go around the world. Look at Ali. He'd fight England. He'd fight in Africa. He'd go all around America. This guy fought in Atlantic. You know his answer was to me, Steve, John? I fought in Atlantic City as the B-side <laughs> against. Come on, man. But, but <laughs> in, in, in America, moving out of their state is a... They, the people in America don't have passports. Going out their state's a trip for them. But This is it. This is it. it yeah, this it, is it. it, 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 it it's, it's a state. Anyway, what can I say? Brian, brilliant to have you on. Uh, we've got to get Liam on sometime. Next time, we'll get you and Liam together on it. Yeah, yeah. I'd love, you, I'd love Liam to come on. He would thoroughly enjoy it. He's just, he's just so... Uh, anti-social media. He doesn't have any social media yet. I, I know, struggle to get It's WhatsApp. You'll get him on WhatsApp now and then and um, he's just so... But he would love this. You know, this, we'll, if you we'll get him on it. Said, Bef- yeah, but if you said he weren't a podcast, Steve, and you two rung him up to talk boxing, he'd be the happiest man alive. He, just, he, he could talk to you yeah, all day. Just, we'll just get you... filmed. We'll get you both on together, I think. Our last one for the summer that we have a month off, but middle of July. We'll get you on the last one then and just chat boxing. We won't have any topics. We'll just chat. He would minutes. love that. And, I've lo- and you know what? I want to mention it to him because I love talking boxing with him anyway. I talked to him today when he was doing it. He's, um, I was like asking him the questions and it was nice when you agree. We all, we've all yeah. unanimously agreed there, Jeff Fury, because it's just huge. But yeah, he, I th- I'd love to hear him talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I would, yeah. He'd buzz yeah. off it, lads. He would. We'll, I always do. We'll get, we'll, get him, we'll get him on when you're in July and say thanks so much for coming on, Ryan. John. Thanks as always, John. And I'll speak to you later in the week if you need any help with your other thing, John. Top yeah, man. No worries, Steve. Thank well, you for that. Everyone nice for, one, Brian. Thanks, everyone, for Absolutely, watching this thing. Absolutely, enjoyed it. Thank you, lads. Thank you. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.